Good afternoon, Central. Uh, it's a good start to the week, and I'm glad to be able to bring you a lesson from God's Word. Uh, tonight, I'm going to speak off of my previous studies. I don't have any notes, and so uh, our lesson will be based on conversion. I think the title is uh, Lessons from Saul's Conversion, and I've taught this lesson maybe more times than I can count, and I've had a, a good response to it. Um, and so I want to I give you guys, like a Swiss Army knife, I want to give you guys another tool to be able to teach people with. Uh, we have, back to the Bible, the little booklets in the back. Some people use those. Some people use uh, OBS, which is a different Bible study method. Um, but in a quick pinch, uh, I'm going to give you Saul's conversion and give you some notes from that. Maybe you can use that in your own studies with people. Now this lesson, I don't know how long it'll be. I've taught it. We get 30 minutes in the jail. I can close in 30 minutes there, but I've also had classes with 8 and 10 people where it's been an hour. So we'll just see. Uh, Sarah, raise your hand when 5 minutes is left. <laughs> Acts chapter 9 is where we'll start. And uh, I could have made many points for this sermon, but it's, it's really a singular point. From the whole sermon tonight will be a one-point sermon. When was Paul saved from his sins? When was Paul saved from his sins? What's the, the main point from the sermon? When was Paul saved from his sins? Now, I could answer that. I could just um, put in my own opinion. I could put in a creed book. I could put in a, maybe a, a denominational dogma. But I don't want to do that today. What I want to do today is have our own eyes see what the Bible says. And we only want to speak where the Bible speaks on this matter. Okay? In my studies with people, um, I don't want to judge their salvation. I want to sort of put that into their own hands because it's going to be their own choice. To follow Christ or not, it's going to be up to each of us individually. And so tonight, if you're here and you've been saved from your sins, I want you to compare what you did with what the Bible says. Compare those two things. If you did what Paul did, then you can be saved from your sins like Paul was, if that makes any sense. Um, you're going to notice me using, and I want to get right into it, but let me state something real quick. I'll use the term Saul, I'll use the term Paul, and I use them interchangeably. I do it because the Bible does that. Um, I've long heard that God changed Saul's name to Paul after he was converted. I would suggest study that. Study that matter to see if that's true. Because you can find him called both Saul and Paul after his conversion. Uh, my name is Matthew. In Mexico, they might call me Mateo. Um, we have different names with different languages, and different peoples. Our names is um, fluid in a, in a sense. The same is with Paul and Saul. He was Saul with the Hebrews. He was Paul with the Gentiles. So each name is used interchangeably. Acts chapter 9. <clears throat> Uh, 
Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now you'll notice a term there, the way, that's the church. Paul is breathing threats and murder not only against men, but in this day and age against women. That's sort of a big deal for the ancient Near East. He's bringing them bound and changed. If we found a man today bringing Christians bound and chained to jail to be persecuted and put to death, would we say that they are on God's good side or on God's bad side? Floor's open. <laughs> I think it's an obvious. He, he wouldn't be on God's side right there. Something's going to happen to Paul. What's going to change Paul's perspective? We know he wrote um, more books of the New Testament than anybody. Didn't write more words, that's Luke. But he did write more books of the New Testament than anybody. So something happens to Paul along this road where he, he hates Christianity, he hates Christ, he doesn't like the church. And what that's going to be, spoiler alert, he's going to see the Lord. Um, but let's keep reading on. Verse 3. As Paul was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. All right? Paul sees Jesus. Yay or nay, he had a religious experience. Yeah, Paul had a religious experience. Again, the question, the singular point for our sermon tonight is, when was Paul saved from his sins? Did this religious experience save Paul from his sins? Um, again, another spoiler alert, it doesn't, but we'll keep reading on. We want the Bible to tell us that. You'll notice in verse 6 that he's supposed to go into the city and it will be told to him what he may do, what he might do, no, the text said what he must do. So whatever he was going to be told in the city is essential. Let's keep reading. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so he might regain his sight. So, just to recap the story, Paul is against the church. He hates the church. He's bringing men and women bound in chains back to Jerusalem to be put to death or persecuted. And he sees, the G he sees Jesus, the risen Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. You might note that this is one of the strongest proofs for the resurrection of Jesus. One of the greatest antagonizers of the church has now seen him. will now testify of him. And he sees Jesus. He changes his point of view. 
Jesus tells him to go into the city. He listens to Jesus, goes into the city, and he's found there by a disciple named Ananias. And what is Paul doing there in verse 11? What's he doing there in the house? He hasn't ate, hasn't drank for three days. Praying. All right. That's what the Bible says. Did the prayer save him from his sins? The Bible doesn't say that. Now, we could easily insert, um, he prayed Jesus into his heart right here. But that would be me putting something into the text, not me something grabbing something out of the text. So, did praying save Saul from his sins? Let's continue on. It doesn't. We'll continue on. Verse 13. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind on all who call in your name. So the disciples are scared. Hey, we've heard of this guy. We don't want him in our church. But the Lord gives instruction to Ananias. The Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. There in verse uh, 15, you might have uh, elect. He's elect. He's an elect person. He's chosen. He's been elected. Something to that, that effect. Again, our question comes up. Um, does being chosen by God save you from your sins? I only want to speak where the text speaks. It doesn't say. It doesn't say here. Got to keep going. Verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up, and he was baptized. Baptisms mentioned there very briefly, passing. But Saul had his sight restored. That's a miracle. Did this miracle save Saul from his sins? Again, the text doesn't say. And actually, it doesn't say anything about baptism there either. In order for us to answer this question, we're going to have to let the text say. Now, this is Luke's recording of the event. We can go to what Paul said himself, and he recaps the story in Acts chapter 22. And that's where we'll pick up on a few more details that Luke may have left out or expected us to pick up on uh, from Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 22. Now let me just kind of recap on, on some things that have happened. They're very familiar with what the world teaches. Uh, point number, I mean, not point number, the, the single point for tonight is when was Paul saved from his sins? Um, but a thing we're going to notice from the text is that he was traveling from Damascus, traveling to Damascus from Jerusalem. He had a religious experience. He's seen Jesus. He is, he's confessed him as Lord. He has done what Jesus said. He showed some faith. He's, you know, he was told, go into the city. It will be told what you must do. He went into the city. He showed some faith. Did that save him? He's found praying in verse 11. You might have heard of people saying that you can be saved from your sins by, by praying this prayer. And they'll quote a prayer. 
you'll see that um, that he has a miracle happen to him. He regains his sight. I've been talking with people about miracles in general, and um, I had a guy say to me that he was in a Jeep with two other friends, and the Jeep rolled off the hill, and I asked him, first of all, let me back up, back up a little bit. I asked this guy if he thought he was saved, and he said yes, and I said why. He gave me this experience, this, this story of this experience. He's in a Jeep, the Jeep rolls off the cliff, it kills two of his friends, and he lives. And he said, well, there you go. That's proof. Um, that's proof that I'm saved. And I thought about, what about those other two guys? Or what about the apostle John's brother in, in Acts chapter 12? It's beheaded by Herod. Um, you know, James, a, a disciple, an apostle. I don't think miracles are a good judgment of salvation. Um, we can look at Balaam's donkey in Numbers 22, who talks. Uh, was the donkey saved? I don't think miracles are a good uh, judgment of salvation. Neither is personal experience. In order to know if we've done what we need to do, we've got to let the Bible speak. What does the Bible say? Acts chapter 22, if you will, we'll recap this story from Paul's perspective. You'll notice from eyewitness accounts that they never really align, that uh, we can take two people's story. We, we could take two of us tonight. We could come out of here and we could say, okay, write down in order things that happened. And none of the stories would align. They wouldn't be exact, exactly on point. But I would say that if we're both telling the truth, that we would get a, a fuller picture, not only from the first story, the first um, narrative, but also from the second narrative. We could put those two together and we'd have more details than we would with a, a singular person telling the story. That's what you're going to get here with Paul. Luke's told it, now Paul's going to tell it and put them together. Paul's going to insert some more details to, to embellish this story, to, make, to give us a fuller picture um, of what happened. It's the same story. When I say story, I don't mean myth. I don't mean a, a fairy tale. When I say story... I mean a historical narrative. Verse 6 of Acts chapter 22. But it happened that as I was on my way approaching Damascus, about noontime a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. So he's called him Lord here, but he didn't really know who he was. But now he does. He's called him Lord before he told him, that Jesus told him, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Um, verse 9. And those who were with me saw the light, to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? Now, he knows it's Jesus. Is this a confession? Jesus is Lord. I've seen the resurrected Jesus. I know you're Jesus of Nazareth. I've been putting your people to death. But now, you're Lord. Sure, a confession comes forth. And if we just stop there and take a brief moment with what the, the religious world teaches, by what your Bible teaches, 
miracle? Did it save Saul? Text doesn't say. Praying for three days, repenting, mourning, fasting. Does it save? Text doesn't say. But how many other religions do say? Those things say. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Verse 10, And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go on into Damascus, and there you will be told of all that has been appointed for you to do. But since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law and well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, he came to me and standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment I looked up at him. And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear an utterance from his mouth. Verse 14, he's been appointed, he's been chosen. Is he saved yet? Let's keep reading. Verse 15, For you will be a witness for him to all men of what you have seen and heard. But now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Singular point for tonight's lesson was, when was Saul saved from his sins? And what does the Bible say? Was it when he prayed? I mean, I could insert all kinds of stuff in here. Was it by faith alone? When he believed in Jesus on the road in Damascus and went into the city. Was it when he was chosen? God said he was chosen. No, it wasn't. What the text actually says is that when he was baptized. Now, the verse, uh, verse 16. When he was baptized is when he, his sins were washed away. So the question for us tonight was, when was Saul saved from his sins? Because if we do what he did, then we can be saved like he was. Tonight, if you're here and you have went down the wrong road and you have seen tonight what Saul did and you want to do what Saul did and you want Jesus to wash away your sins, I want you to come forward here in a minute. The invitation is always open. But this story stands true. We speak where the Bible speaks. You want to be saved from your sins, you've got to believe in Jesus. You've got to turn around. Quit. Like Saul, quit persecuting, putting people to death. Turn around. Do what Jesus says. Confess Him as Lord. And put Him on in baptism. If any of you need to do that, want some study help, some prayers. If you don't want to respond tonight, that's fine too. Let the thing simmer. Put it away for a while. Wait till it gets to you. <laughs> if you would, come forward as we stand and sing.